Welcome to the Casual Drop Podcast. We are by no means experts. We are by no means experts. And they're gambling. They're not investing. They were bearish when they should have been bullish and bullish when they should have been bearish. Okay. The way that you do it is you get in it. Well, that's what, so the home automation space, that's what is fun about the space in the sense that it is very broad. And even what we were talking about before the podcast started, there's so many different ways you can go with it and really still so much opportunity for making it so much better. We all, I mean, it's amazing now that we can talk to Alexa or our phone or these voice enabled systems. But they're still not that great, and it's far off from you know talking the way that we would here. So, yeah, really excited to chat about it. And I mean, I got a lot to learn still in the space, but it's it's an area that I've I've been in professionally for five or plus years, more six, seven years. <clears throat> yeah, John, why don't you um, why don't you kind of go briefly like your your background in the space since yeah. you are in it. For sure. So my second job post-college was with a smart home company, a subsidiary of a company called Alarm.com. And that would have been 2013 and really at the beginning of the smart home. You had some legacy systems before that. So there was a ton of ton of motivation and and definitely there was a lot to la- a lot lacking in terms of smart home at that time but so you you've been in home automation for like 5 years. So when I think about home automation I'm only about a little over a year in my home automation experience like finally owning a home. We've rented for a long time and have been in apartments. And as I learn more I kind of always thought about the home automation as just like you said, a little bit of the Alexa, how to make things more efficient in your home. But what would you say are like the top categories outside of what someone would, you know, obviously you have the security, you have yep. that's the idea big one. being able to connect with Alexa or Google or whatever to help turn things on, turn things off, whatever. What are, what are some other things, you know, that maybe yeah. don't think about? Good question. I think from the business side, there's a few reasons why someone is brought to this space and a lot of them start with energy and so a ton of companies nest being the first one to think of but ecobi and some of the other companies we talked about have revolutionized thermostats and with that the ability to set schedules and manage things remotely and you know through web enabled type systems and the play there at least initially was energy savings and in a place like vegas or these extreme climates even in places like Oregon, where, where I live, there's legitimate savings that can be found in you know, a web-enabled thermostat and running a more efficient schedule, opposed to flipping it in between the modes and not really keeping track. Second big one, or not even second, but the other big category, and maybe I'll give a little bit more on, on my background and how, how, how I'm landing here, but is security. And security is obviously a cost center, but it's peace of mind. 
and it's really important to some people and depending upon where you live has has a ton of applicability and then i feel like there's a bunch of other categories but where we are with a lot of consumers is in the fun space too even like most of the settings enabled through alexa are i would say are fun you're not saving time or money by telling alexa to turn on your lights but it is nice and i guess it's a convenience play in the sense where you might have them walk across the room, but in a world where most people are you know, trying to take care of their bodies and stuff like that, it's more fun than anything. But and would you, sorry, would you say that that type of thing is also just the path we have to take to get where we're trying to go with these things? Like to just get people used to using home yeah. automation. Like part of it is, you can't make it too real right away. You know, people have to adopt it. For sure. Definitely an evolutionary step. Being able to control your lights, whether it be through your phone or with voice. And it it definitely, or even on a setting. But what we were talking about before, I think, you know, where we're at today is just scratching the surface. Because there's there's such an amazing opportunity to use sensors to truly automate a lot of those functions to where the house sort of just learns what you want it to and you don't have to tell it what to do because some companies market that now even nest or a kobe that have a motion sensor built into the thermostat learn who's home and patterns but there's some there's some gaps there because you don't have full coverage and if you're in your room just hanging out working or even that feature, I don't know for sure, but probably has broken during COVID because you have people working from home that are probably just sanitary in their room for a really long time. But yeah, I think where we are today is just scratching the surface and there's such an opportunity for if what we have today is sort of a pseudo automation of in the future taking that next step and not a weird you know AI sort of way, but using technology that already exists today in sensors and in video and equipping um, things that would be meaningful to people like lighting and energy settings, you know, potentially you pull in electronics, TV, anything else that you might want to manage that causes energy usage. But what I think is, is interesting going back from the beginning for me. So yeah, I worked for, worked for this company called alarm.com. And they were, it's it's interesting to hear this story and background because it hasn't really been that long and they were, they were birthed at such an obvious problem. So traditionally security systems were tied into your phone line. And then this was only in like 2000, burglars started figuring out that in order to break in, they could just cut the phone line. (laughs) So how to get past that. And so a, a company that alarm.com was founded out of had the genius idea of running an alarm system using cellular and then with a battery that solved two problems. So you could no longer cut the power because you have battery backup and then you couldn't cut the phone line anymore because it would, it, it would use via cellular, but it was expensive. So the evolution, even you know, starting 2012, 2013 was partnering with, very, very large cellular companies at the time, Verizon, AT&T, to enable you know, somewhat of a budget-conscious solution alarm system that actually worked. And then fast forward to 
you know, what we think of in terms of smart home home automation, more consumer focusing items is the struggle now between traditional alarm dealers in the residential space that for a really long time have provided security and charged certain rates and then home automation or this whole smart home bucket is really outside of that traditionally. And now the two have merged to where the security companies are trying to get into that home automation side, but still charging what they're used to. Whereas the smart home companies are trying to come more like the security companies, but cheap, keep their DIY approach, keep the low rates. And it really, really is an interesting space. And then of course you have some of these large tech companies emerging as leaders like ring with Amazon, which obviously has Alexa and nest with Google. And I actually, I think it's funny to say that any company that sits or any brand that sits within Apple is an underdog, but I think an underdog in the smart home space is the home kit. And it has, we can talk more about it, but it has a lot of opportunity because it doesn't require any additional hardware. So most of so the others, the home kit, which is an Apple product. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And so it's run through your phone. So most of these systems, whether it be you coming from the smart home side, which is home automation or the true security side as the two are trying to be more like each other. Um, both of these systems generally require a, a gateway or a hub or a, or a panel. Whereas for the most part, HomeKit does not. And Apple just does a really good job in vetting vendors. You might have 10,000 potential vendors or options in the Amazon world, which at the surface is, wow, I have so many different options. That's amazing. But you probably only want to work with a handful of them. And Apple's already kind of done that, that legwork. So I think yeah, in terms of where we're heading and who's going to control as the operating system of the home, I think you have those companies that I mentioned with a huge opportunity for for HomeKit to, to gain market share because they don't have a hub. I haven't used Google Home, but I have I have used Alexa. And then there's the Alexa app that you need to even do certain things with Alexa, but it's not very good, like the app portion of it. And then you, you, you do start to think like, especially if you're looking ahead, having hubs doesn't make sense, especially when you have phones. I mean, I guess the downside is, you know, where is that central control with the HomeKit? So where does that live? It's just cloud-based yeah, completely? So, and that's kind of what I was describing. It is entirely cloud-based. And that's what I was describing about the different accessories or options. There's so many in, there's so many for different providers because generally they speak a language called Z-Wave or Zigbee to a hub. And that allows that device to be cheaper. Whereas in the Apple world, for the most part, all the devices you're installing, whether it be you know Philips Hue or a variety of different systems will either in themselves connect to the network in the home or be Bluetooth. And so it's, it's a little more cost intensive, but generally operates a lot better and sets yourself up for the future of no hub, including video. So, so HomeKit uses Z-Wave with yeah, the hub or the no? Traditional, I would, the HomeKit generally does not use Z-Wave. They use so Bluetooth or network-based. It's completely cloud-based. Mm -hmm. Then, So what happens then to the control when 
things go out or you your phone dies or you'd be in trouble <laughs> it wouldn't gotcha. work but sure. you could i mean you could have another device set up too like an ipad or something like that i was gonna say with so many devices now i mean i'm sure mm-hmm. whether it's an ipad or um i don't know i feel like i have so many apple devices apple is just such a it's almost like you feel like they're late in the space a bit but also like there's so much working behind the scenes at apple mm-hmm. like who knows what they're they have so much cash on hand too oh yeah. like they might just be sitting on waiting for the right opportunity to really like expand in the space i'm not saying like home kit's not that thing but where you're talking about connecting all these other services or uh whether it's the hue lights or whatever it is, is like mm-hmm. they just might have a, a solution for a lot of that stuff that's going to, you know, so when you connect to Apple, it's like all these Apple products that are in your house. Yeah. And the point I was trying to make as well is they are a little late and they certainly don't have the market share. Though it's, it is tough because depending upon how you define a smart home, like if you define a smart home as you have a, an Alexa product, like Alexa has 70% of the market or maybe even a little higher. That's, I wouldn't call that a smart home. And so they are late, but I think the benefit is that, at least in my mind, everything that Apple does, they do really, really, really well. And, or even the fact that, get, I mean, just think about this. They don't have a speaker that isn't awesome. Like the Echo Dot is 40 bucks. Right. And it's cool because you can talk to Alexa, but you wouldn't want to play that if you have friends over. Mm-hmm. Like the the cheapest speaker in Apple world is the HomePod and it's $300, but it's awesome. Right. And where I guess maybe Amazon makes up for that a little bit is like they partner with like a Sonos. For sure. No right. question. And they integrate with that stuff. But I agree with you. I think that... So we live, we bought, we bought into a new community mm-hmm. and it's a smart, it's the smart home. Like the whole neighborhood is designed around efficiency, whether it's the windows, you know, how efficient they are with, you know, being in Vegas for sure. Um, keeping heat out, keeping it in, you know, keeping it cool. Um, then we have the smart home wrapped through, like we have the hub that we're talking about, a physical hub. And if you open that, panel man it is <laughs> it's like the router it's a smart hub it's a um what else do we have in there probably something with the ring in there with uh you know ruckus like all that stuff is just packed in there and i still feel like that stuff though is it's like the amazon stuff the ring and then you have um what's another one google nest i don't i'm not really familiar with that i just know that we have Alexa in the ring and it, it just kind of feels not quite there. Right. For like sure. the ring, the ring products, like the cameras are cool, but it just feels like you're still opening a lot of apps or you're, you're looking at different things and it's not one sort of connectivity of like, you know, making things streamlined. Right. And, yeah. And like you said, like we don't really talk to Alexa, like Alexa can turn our lights on, turn them off do all that stuff, but like we just get up and turn them off because you don't really think about it as much as, you know, where I would like to see in the future with this artificial intelligence. And that's one thing with Apple that I'm curious about because obviously they're working on a lot of AI stuff. 
you know, Siri was like probably one of the first Mm -hmm. types of things going into that, but is having that sort of artificial intelligence in your home where you're walking into rooms, right? Lights are turning on or they're dimming or air conditioning is going on, going off or being able to like, and you were talking about a little bit before, it's like, we have some sensors in our house and like, that's great, but it, you know, it just all feels like it's kind of working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Well, and uh, the Alexa app, and you mentioned it before, Vita. And sorry, I've cut you off. I feel like, and I have Alexa too, not to the same extent of built into the home, and I, I don't have a hub with it. But I feel like, well, maybe I just don't use it enough. But I, every time I open the app, I forget what I'm doing. Whereas I don't feel that way every time with anything Apple. It might be my least open app for sure. But I, but Let's everything I here. use though is in that app. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm using things that I could be sitting down and doing voice controls, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the thermostat or any of that stuff, but it's just like, we're not doing that. It, but there, and there is, there's something to be said for that because they're, they're uh, Amazon's big thing with Alexa is the ability to enable different skills. And so if, if you're a program, you actually can program some pretty cool stuff, sort of if this, then that type setup in a way that you couldn't do with Apple since it's a closed environment. But I think for the average consumer, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah HomeKit, been, HomeKit's underdog. I've been working on some Alexa skills. Yeah, see, that's it's fun. It's, yeah. Is um, it like, hey, Alexa, tell Jordan to serenade? Yeah. For me. You could do that. You mean, come you on could, there. Yeah. You could do that. That'd be nice. You could do that pretty easily, actually. Um, now, I wanted to hit upon two points that you guys were talking about. John, you said that, you know, you're like, okay, Alexa has about 70% of the market, but you wouldn't consider it smart home. Because is it fair to say that, like, do you think Amazon is super interested in smart home or do you think they see Alexa and its, you know, accessories as data collection and uh streamlining their shopping experience yeah the latter no doubt yeah i wouldn't consider them a pure play smart home company i think they'd be more interested in and this isn't assigning poor motive i I just think they would be more interested in having someone order something that's what they are so yeah it's yeah yeah Yeah, way more in that it proved or maybe even take a little bit more micro improved prime shopping experience where if you're a prime user, you get a certain set of functionality to where similar to one button ordering, but mm-hmm. with with Alexa. Mm-hmm. And they most likely will continue to build out their smart home stuff via Ring. But I think they're probably more interested from that, yeah, the improved prime user shopping experience end. Whereas I think some of these other companies, yeah, are more into to progress, like I, I love what Philips is doing, mm-hmm. even just with their lighting. And now Hue yeah, the expands out. Cool. Yeah, it expands outside of just lighting now. And now they have actually an HDMI hub where you can take all your different inputs from all your different, it's kind of like what Xbox does, where you can mm-hmm. plug in cable and obviously the Xbox and it can all go as one uh, HDMI to the TV. Really? Philips Hue has that. And you can set a bunch of different things around that and it actually has lighting on it which can be kind of fun and so yeah i think there's other smart home companies that are more interesting to me and phillips is one of them because it seems like their charter is the progression of the home 
mm. in you know trying to like what we're talking about here like build out true home automation and devices that consumers are really interested in right and that's actually a perfect segue into the other point was jordan you mentioned opening up your panel and it's just like a smorgasbord of different devices from different companies you know and it seems like what we really inherently want out of home automation is seamlessness and integration yeah. and john how how do you see that happening because it's interesting timing because we just watched these like antitrust hearings and then on top of that it's more of like are people going to trust one company to have control of their whole home in the way that seems to me would be necessary to have the experience that we want? Right. Just before John answers that too, it's like, dude, that's the weird feeling that I have is, yeah, there's so many different things in there that are different companies. Mm-hmm. But part of that is like also kind of a safety feeling of like, well, they can't all be talking to each other the way that if it was one company, Mm -hmm. you know, like when I think about our cameras being ring, it's like literally ring has all of our camera footage, street footage, backyard footage, right? It's not like it's broken up. Whereas some of these other hubs, like we have a Samsung thing in there, we have all this stuff. And so it's like, it's funny that you say that because I I feel that like I think about that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a lot of stuff, but it also scares me this idea of the data collection, the Siri going off at random hours of the night, but also like the idea of it hearing you, hearing what you're saying. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's like, yeah. I think it's the biggest problem the industry's facing. And actually it's not just residential, even, even commercial. So now I, I work more in commercial in terms of security and energy optimization and in, in digital solutions for for buildings, and actually, you start you're, you are starting to see regulation limit how far tech will take you. For example, and this isn't specific to my company or really any; it's just just in general. Uh, computer vision and analytics using video are so good now that facial recognition is very possible for for a handful of companies, a lot of companies. But you're starting to see it being banned in usage, even in even in some use cases where you could argue it would be safer. For example, in San Francisco, San Francisco has banned the use of any facial recognition technology anywhere in the city. Really? Now that doesn't apply to someone's like inside of their home, I guess, but if it's an exterior facing camera outside, that technology cannot be used, whether it be from where was police that? in San Francisco. Which funny enough is where what well, is in like China? Most of the tech companies are. Doesn't like I'm China. Not, a lot of places in China, just everything <laughs> is facial recognition. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not. I'm not sure about China. Um, yeah, I, I, that wouldn't surprise me. But in the U.S., I think whether whether yeah, regulator bodies or these big lobby groups want to or not, I think that piece would be driven by consumers, and privacy would be a huge piece. And and that's. It is that runs counter to where I actually see an opportunity for true automation is using cameras. Actually, like let's say you have you know big custom home, and you decide to deploy new cameras inside, just as a, a security type solution, or you, you could argue home automation to check see what your dogs are doing when you're you're away. 
And video analytics now, as I mentioned, are getting so good that they really can perform very similarly. Even even in complete blackout, dark conditions can perform as good as any motion sensor or glass break sensor. And if you have that type of infrastructure in place, you really can't or can or could using a variety of solutions start to automate different settings. So the way that you manage your lighting or the way that you manage your energy expense just from where you are in the space. But that's what I mentioned is, is counter because you may see, you know, in some ways, even inside of a home video lose some of its luster because everyone is so privacy conscious, whether they're having friends over or even, even with their own family. So do you think that the solution is tech oriented in, in, you know, some sort of, I don't even know what the basis of it would be, but some sort of, you know, blockchain way or some mm-hmm. sort of way to control your privacy, or is it just a marketing and, and narrative solution? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's both. I think, I think we're a ways off from, I think we're a ways off from companies being able to prove how safe they're being with the data. And until that happens, I think you're going to have a certain subset of the population that just generally doesn't feel comfortable with that, especially as these tech companies get so big. I think mm-hmm. it's a bigger uphill battle to fight if you're Amazon or Google than a startup because just in, you aren't as afraid of the little guy. But yeah. <laughs> when you think about investing into the this industry, like obviously you have the big the alphabet, the Apple, Amazon that we're talking about. Do you think it's going to continue like going forward? Do you think a lot of these companies are just going to swoop up? Whether it's AI companies or, you know, any sort of, you talked about the smart windows, things like that. Because obviously these little companies are going to do this stuff, right? They're going to develop a, a window that can dim itself or, you know, whatever different avenues through the home automation and then do you think these bigger companies are just kind of like scooping up a ring you know buying ring or rm.com didn't they get purchased no they went public when i was there right didn't get near as many shares as i wanted <laughs> but, <laughs> but i mean is it is that a story for a different day <laughs> do you think it's going to continue to move forward as like do you do you look to invest in just the bigger companies if you're looking at home automation or are there some smaller companies, you know, like, yeah, I got you. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I think the big companies care about sort of the operating system of the home and who owns it. Alarm.com is a pretty legit competitor there. They have a few things at that, at their advantage. One, they can integrate with Google Alexa. They can, they can integrate with any of them. Whereas you don't really see that yet. You don't see Google, and Amazon really integrating with with each other. Though I bet that will start to happen. But yeah, I think the bigger tech companies are going to focus on who controls the operating system. You could do well with an alarm.com because they have very, very impressive software, very, very impressive team. And like I said before, they, they have the uh, the ability to integrate with anyone. Whereas I think there's an opportunity are in some of the accessories. Like we mentioned Philips. They do a bunch. I mean, that's a massive company, but I don't see Apple necessarily making 
maybe they'll make lights or something like that, but I don't see them breaking as much into that space or smart windows. There's a company called View. It's not publicly traded yet, but it's amazing. And they they have, it's mostly targeted towards commercial, but they have windows today that essentially it's like you're having blinds to where if you want to take out a certain percentage of the light, you can dim the window. And finding a accessory or a niche product like that that does a really good job, I think would be really hard for the big tech companies. Or they, I don't even think they would target that type of space because it's such a, it's, it's so niche and so vertical. But yeah, I think there's a good bet in a smart home. I think Apple would be very strong because they do everything really well. I also think they have the best story around privacy, if not only in consumers' mind, but just thinking about the biggest companies, I I feel safer with Apple. And it's also, it's closed relative to you know, these other companies that are that are open from a software standpoint. And then you have a handful of small, a handful of smaller players. Even my company, Johnson Controls or Honeywell or Alarm.com, producing a lot of hardware, doing a really good job. Not as interested in you know owning the the entire operating system, all the space of the home. And then, uh, like I mentioned before, if you can find niche products, whether it be a yeah a Philips Hue or a window company or a a Chamberlain door LiftMaster garage door i think there's still big space locks there's a bunch of super interesting lock companies that are doing uh, they're just generally making getting rid of keys and making that whole aspect of securing your home a lot easier and better and cleaner and i never thought locks could be like an attractive part of a home but then you, you see a company like august locks i'm not sure if you've seen some of their stuff but it's yeah we it's, we have it's, they're amazing. an automated lock and man mm. same thing like we just lock it it like we struggle a lot yeah. with using it you know obviously i know there's probably other companies out there that are more efficient in it but it is kind of one of those things again where it's like almost there it's not quite there what kind of lock do you have um kivo i think it is okay okay kivo. yeah that's, which that's is not nice. i'm not it, it's not bad at all you know you can still go on your phone but sometimes like by the time I'm in the car trying to lock the, you know, I just get out and go lock it myself. You, you know, a lot of that with that stuff. Mm-hmm. So like some of that streamlined efficiency. Um, the other thing I think about too is like the more, so you have this hub, right? And then you have all these other accessories with it. And then you think about like your internet connection, right? Mm-hmm. You think about everything pulling from that internet. And, and so like, I know like Cox, I think they have their own security as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty much every cable company right. does. And so like that drives me crazy too, because it, it just ends up, it ends up costing so much more, right? You have a ring membership or ADT membership, and then you have a membership to Amazon if you have Alexa or, um, and then now you're looking at your internet and you're in need fastest internet to be able to do a lot of things that you want to do as your home gets quote unquote smarter, you know, and I know there's a lot of other stuff that we haven't really covered too is getting away from some of that connectivity stuff. But I find that, you know, I find that as like another way of like, all right, now you have, you know, as whether it's fiber or things of that grow and and get better, you know, a lot of that stuff will, I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> I just, I'm just 
I'm venting some of my frustrations with my internet connection. And well, I think yeah. what you're saying, I totally agree with. Which, you know, I would take a very, very well done, like home that's fiber equipped, than some of the entry level, you know, voice enabled Alexa in my wall. And that's that's probably what I would say a lot of what defines smart home right now. But I think how where this bleeds into sustainability and energy efficiency, and we, we focused a lot around the tech side and who controls like sort of the operating system via app or voice in the home. But I also think, and this is maybe a little outside of home automation, but yeah, this idea of just improving the home is super interesting and net zero stuff to where you're energy neutral, what you're doing with rainwater and total sustainable and even solar, like what Tesla is doing. I, I think, and Elon Musk has actually even talked a little bit about how in a perfect world, if he had more time, he would love to redo HVAC with you know heating, ventilation, air conditioning, because it's not very efficient today. You have. No, and it's it's uh, incredibly antiquated. Like, oh, absolutely. To, you know, what is the technology is like 70 years old, you know? Yeah, not, well, like 50% of existing air conditioners have an on-off, which, it, you know, maybe when you hear that, you don't think it's that big a deal. But if you only need 10% of the unit, why would you turn on 100% of it? Right. <laughs> Just in terms of efficiency. Mm-hmm. and elongating the life of your system. And so I think those topics are super interesting and I've spent you know some time thinking about it. My company, huge provider of, of both commercial and residential HVAC. And some of the stuff that even we're doing is really interesting and around troubleshooting and we have a really easy way to open up the unit and it saves the consumer and technicians a lot of time. And mm. it seems like such a, such a simple thing, but um, to your point, a lot of that technology has not seen any innovation or has not seen innovation in a really long time. And so maybe to sum up that point from an investment standpoint, is it, it may be beneficial to look for small areas or little details, niche details. Yeah. In a system that have room for improvement, because there's going to be somebody who figures out, how to have a, a better air conditioning or better air HVAC or better windows or whatever that play a part in these larger systems. But I like that point, John. Well, both of you guys, really. Well, yeah, or you could you could look into real estate companies doing interesting things around construction and new home builds. So I companies start using see, the ideas or the totally. technologies. Yeah. yeah, or just companies that have committed to going net zero. Mm-hmm. I, it's... I'm not even saying there's a ton of companies doing that. I think that's a big opportunity. And as this whole category of you know, empowering users in your home to make it do things you want it to or to make it save you money or to make you feel more safe, as that whole category expands, I think you will start to see some entrance on the real estate side, on the tech side, on the service side. And it's, yeah, it's exciting. It's fun to think about. And um, I've definitely had ideas of, if you know I were to start uh, like a multifamily company or something like that, where you're a real estate provider and you're you're doing apartments, there's so many simple things 
that as a consumer, I think I'd really like fibers as a big one or even, yeah, when we move historically, like we're bringing our router with us and not to mention all of our stuff. I think there's an opportunity there too, to make just generally uh, like moving experience better by just having less stuff. But yeah, if I move into a place that's fiber, I don't care that much about cable. Maybe it's set up with YouTube TV, super simple, super easy. And I got a few, I got a thermostat that I can control 15 minutes before I get home. Depending upon where I live, maybe it's a a simple security system, make me feel a little bit more at peace. I think those touches are doable today and it will be exciting to see how much that expands, whether it be an apartment or a home and on on the business side too. One, one thing we haven't even really touched on, and I, and I think that a lot of these episodes, right, it's got to be like multiple parts to them. Because now you look at, and we've looked at a lot of the stuff for, you know, Alaska, and but you look at some of these like units being built, right? Whether they're 3D printed or um, tiny homes or like looking at home automation and efficiency in that way in which, okay, now instead of buying your traditional house in a neighborhood, right? Like there's these 3D printed units that you can buy that are a fraction of the cost and some of them are fully sustainable. You know, and that space is like, as like an investor, and I I would say I have a surface level of this topic, you know, obviously enough knowledge about it, but knowing that where we're going to go in the future, like there's so much room for improvement. Like I feel like we're just, So as an investor, when you look at a lot of these companies, you know, this isn't going away, right? Like there's going to be more ways for people to find growth in this, this, you know, home automation, this idea of, you know, these efficient homes or smart homes. Um, You think about like solar, how expensive that was when it first came out. And then, you know, as our technology advances, things become cheaper to make, right? More opportunity there for a consumer. It's cheaper to buy. There's just so much room for growth. Yeah, there. I think the solar topic is one of my favorite things to talk about. And I, I consider that as a big you know, potential growth driver for the home, but it's also interesting. You mentioned the Alaska idea. It made me start thinking. It's also interesting how many new potential businesses or ideas that could come from that. I mean, you really can live off grid now. Now, again, you'd have to figure something out to get water there and you'd maybe you'd flush out plumbing every once in a while, but you could live with a solar panel and a battery, live with electricity in a desert for a long time. And, you know, whether that's like a micro, like Airbnb type opportunity or enabling something like you mentioned in Alaska in a way that might not be possible because you just wouldn't be cost effective to run electricity there. I think there's a big opportunity or the point I'm trying to make is solar obviously in itself is interesting in how it can use a resource that is finite, but seems infinite to, to replenish our earth, but how it uh, could also open up some different avenues because well, you wouldn't necessarily be relying upon the infrastructure that we have today, which is you got to have a road, you got to have electricity, you got to have a water pipe, all that stuff. You know, if I'm somebody that's just getting into, you know, doing research into this topic, like we talked about some of the big companies, 
like what are some of the other little companies are not necessarily little but like the amazons right they're just so they're so mm-hmm. big that a lot of times they overshadow like a phillips like i love i think phillips is a great company you know what are yes. some other companies that are like that if you're looking into investing in the space so i'm no longer a shareholder but i i really am bullish on my old company it's alarm.com stock symbol is atc and they they make a great product and they have a dealer network they, they, they take it in a little bit you know similar to excuse me uh intel's business model to where intel provided a very very important part of your computer but no consumer really knew that until they started marketing themselves and put the little sticker on the outside of most PCs where you can see Intel power inside. Similar how I view alarm.com. It's really the DNA of a security system or the DNA of two to 3 million smart homes, home automation. It's equipping using, you know, the ability to use your phone to control certain settings. And I think they've done a really good job keeping cash on hand and an investment standpoint would be a bigger potential for a home run than some of these tech companies that we already talked about. They're in so much stuff that sure, maybe HomeKit at Apple blows up into a $30 billion business. But for Apple, that's worth almost 2 trillion. It's not gonna move, it's not gonna move the needle that much. Whereas like this is what we talked about in previous podcasts. You get a you know higher risk, higher reward with with a company like Alarm.com, and they're world class at what they do. Um, their stock actually, I think it's a pretty good buying opportunity because their their stock took a big hit because Google took a seven percent or nearly a seven percent stake in what was one of their big competitors, ADT. Like everyone knows that brand, traditional security company ADT. So Google invested in ADT. They're going to start partnering. You'll see a bunch more around Nest products and so forth, but. If anything, I think you see that investment as a vote of confidence, a confidence for the security space and as a positive for all the, the boats that are in that rising ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way I would view it. That's a good point because I think we've gotten really used to seeing large companies take majority shares of markets and we'll see how our world in our economy plays out whether we keep going on the current trajectory where everything just seems to be becoming conglomerates or or if we're going to see diverse markets in your opinion either of you guys when you're looking at a market you know obviously if you have shares in one company like part of you is going to be like yeah you want them to dominate that market I'm curious to know your thoughts on like, especially a market like this, where, as we've been talking about, there's so much need for innovation, you know, like I'm, I'm honestly 50, 50 on what I think breeds the best innovation. Like, cause you, you see companies that dominate come out with some great stuff, but then they'll hit plateaus. So do you think that, what do you think is more healthy for this industry specifically is a you know, a handful, four or five strong competitors, or do you see it as, especially with what I was talking about earlier in, in the need for seamless integration in a smart home? Like, what do you, what do you think? I think, I think the more competition you have is always better. Okay. And I think 
I mean, you could argue, you know, two big companies are going to pull their best out in each other. And I think generally, as like a rule of thumb, you want, whether this be in sports or whatever, you want an equal competitor to pull the best out of you. So it's good in a way that there's an Amazon and there's a Google and there's an Apple. But in general, I think if those companies are are sucking in the best talent, you're going to have sort of a groupthink thing where I don't think you're going to get the best out of your people. And I'm not, I don't really know, but it's just my feeling. And I would love to see a ton of small companies that are grinding and innovating and, you know, working late nights and weekends mm-hmm. and 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 really hitting the goal of yeah let's 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 change this industry let's change the space opposed to i right. want this secure job i want to make a ton of money and i want my stock options in 3 years and in your mind what is the incentive for those small companies like is it to get bought you know cuz right now the C- <laughs> well yeah that's the prize right now but is there another way or is that really it is that yeah, I think, I mean, I feel like companies that are successful at some point have founders and entrepreneurs that sure they want to get paid and make money. And even the comment I just made to get bought out, that that's a goal at some point out there in the ether. But if you're not passionate about the problem you're solving, I don't think you're going to thrive. Now, are there examples of companies that have hit it? sure but uh yeah i think so to actually i think yeah it will be cool to see companies that are really passionate about a certain aspect of this market and what they can do if that means they get bought out down the line great but i think it's that type of innovation that will fuel and that type of creativity uh Mm -hmm. or just even having an idea that's outside of maybe even what a big company would want to invest in because it seems wild or wacky or it's not going to work. But those, I mean, every company that we see now had some origin like that mm-hmm. or a ton of them. Yeah. I mean, the ones that we're talking about, yeah. Apple, Amazon, Google, we're yeah. all wild. You're going to sell books online. Yeah. That's not going to work. People didn't even have the comprehension of what a search engine was. And I like, I love what Tesla's doing in this space too with the solar roof and it just, it makes, we could talk about Elon so much, but I feel like the things he does, whether they're working the way he wants to today or not, like this makes so much sense. Like, okay, you know, a lot of the world runs on fossil fuels. That's a limited resource. We have this big fusion reactor in the sky. Let's get energy from that. Oh, and then, when that's not on and the sky is dark, let's store that or keep it stored in a battery. And just such basic things. And then, oh, instead of taking this solar panel and putting it retrofit onto a pre-existing roof for new homes, let's give them the ability to skip that step and just build solar into the roof. And it can be cheaper than an old roof and solar panels upon it. I, I, that type of thinking is one good for the earth, but it just makes so much sense. And I'll be curious to see how much innovation Tesla comes out in this space, starting with solar, solar roof and batteries. But what they do in HVAC, 
wouldn't be surprised if they go there too. And how that integrates with the car. I mean, they're already a software company. I mean, the tech that the cars have and how they can do over the airways updates and instantly mm-hmm. is, is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, it's safe to say you put Tesla as a strong stock in the home automation sector. Absolutely. Well. Oh, totally. Do you have, and I think that's a lot of their valuation, the solar side well, with solar right. city and the, is, is solar city rolled into Tesla? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys have any of those wild wacky picks that you're looking at? I wouldn't say I have a wild wacky pick, but I do have a favorite and it's a, uh, near and dear to my heart because we have two <laughs> um we have a, a siberian husky and a malmute so you know when i'm not physically vacuuming i'm really big on irobot man <laughs> <laughs> that thing we named it chewy you know i tell mm. hey hey alexa you know run chewy um mm. I, I think that's a great play i think they're a niche market i think they do very well they have great products I only see them advancing. I know that's more of the smart home part of it, of the home automation, but you know, that, that would be my pick. No, that's a good, I I actually like that pick a lot because I think the whole point of home automation is to not have to do things and think about things. And that, you know, like, you yeah. could say that's lazy or what you can feel how you want to feel about it. But that's the truth. Like, Jordan, you, you know, the reason you go and lock it is because, like, honestly, opening up your phone and pressing a button on your phone is not that much different than locking your front door. Like, it doesn't really save you that much. It's kind of cool that you could do it from your phone. If you're driving down the street and you forget, I guess that's a plus. But what you really want is your home to know exactly when to lock it on its own. And so that, I like the cleaning pick because that's one of the things that people like who wouldn't want a home that cleans itself. What about you, John? Man, it's going to sound like a homer. I I do like my old company, Alarm.com, as a pick. And just where the world's heading with, I think in general, or maybe just this year, but the world feels a little crazier than it was before. And... <laughs> Chaos in some ways is actually kind of a good thing for security systems. <laughs> so I, I see them well positioned to do well there. And some of the innovation that they have around like smart sensors and signals and just overall tools are, are very strong. And then this is where I'm really going to be a homer. But I think my current company, Johnson Controls, is doing a lot of interesting stuff in HVAC as well. Mm-hmm. Not just residentially, but but commercially. And then we also happen to own some of the best alarm panels, which since we still are in a hardware world, are sort of the, the, the backbone or central hub of a lot of the home automation products. And I think they're you know, more cost intensive and harder to, to just make. I think most of the startups that will come will probably be on the software side. So uh, yeah, I would say... John's Controls, my current company, and then Alarm.com, my old company, are, are two picks. I'm excited to see where they end up. What about you, Jenks? Or excuse me, you, Vita? I don't know that I have a pick. I'd say that for me, I'm more exploring 
the possibilities. You know, I've been playing around with creating voice apps recently. And so that's just kind of got my mind going on, you know, so for people that don't know, like, you know, I, for a living, I shoot video, but really I would say that, you know, I've, I've recently started a creative agency and I would say that what I like to do is more find like creative solutions versus, you know, sometimes that is a video, but I think what I'm gravitating towards more is just an all encompassing approach to creative. And so in playing around those, these voice apps in the last couple of weeks, I've just started to think about companies that are creating apps and creating the consumer touch points for these systems. So to answer the question, I don't really have an answer. I would say that I've just started thinking about this, but I will be looking for companies that I think are doing a great job building interactions, you know, building apps for Alexa or whatever system that engage Mm -hmm. people. So not a pick, but an idea, like something to look for, I would say. Can you share more about some of the apps that you were looking into, like the voice apps you mentioned? So, yeah, I found a I found a platform in which you can build apps, voice apps, and it's no code, which for me is great. I, I love that. I'm a huge fan of like Squarespace for websites. And, you know, I'm getting on a call next week with a guy who is doing a no code mobile app platform that's just launching that I am really into. And so for me, you know, I've always been interested in apps and all these tech things, but I'm uh, I'm not a coder. I understand the basic principles of code, but I'm not going to sit there and do it ever. But I've always wanted to build these types of systems. So now th- there's some pretty strong no-code app, you know, platforms in all these different areas, which is really cool to me because I feel like it opens up the playing field to a lot of people who are creative but don't have a coding background. Yes. Without and you can play and you don't have to hire a developer to even test ideas. And so I'm playing with this voice app and I'm I'm looking at all the functions that they have in like this app. You can build things. And just to be clear, just because there's no code does not mean it's not a lot of work. Like there's still a lot of stuff to think through and to figure out the experience and whatnot. But the functionality and the options that they have available. Like I can go build tomorrow. I can build a very simple voice app with a purchase function at the end of it. That's awesome. And with Alexa, I haven't played with Google yet, but with Alexa, you don't have to enable apps. So if I can tell somebody to say, Alexa, open up my purchase app and they say, Alexa, open up my purchase app and they follow the prompts, like they can buy whatever my product is. That's pretty cool. So that's obviously a very simple example of of something, but you know, in in a way, I, maybe the closest comparison would be like video games in terms of in terms of interactive platforms, but voice especially. But I think mobile apps, video games, all those, you know, like our last episode, we we're talking about video games and EA Sports. Think of an EA Sports, but for all different platforms, and it's not necessarily games. It could be any type of activity, workouts, health knowledge. It could be stock investing. I think that's one big part, and that's why I say we always need to have more episodes on these topics because we Mm -hmm. were light on the idea of what we are faced with today, right? Like we're in this pandemic, Mm -hmm. and 
everyone stay at home and there's a lot of stay at home orders mm-hmm. for the future. And so there's going to be a lot more innovation around that. And like health and fitness is a huge one that we didn't even touch on as far as being, yeah, integrated, that is. you know, integrated within your home, what that's going to look like. For I sure. don't know. You know, they have, mm-hmm. I've seen, I know Lulu purchased that mirror company that basically is like a mirror and uh, kind of a TV and it all in one. And, you can do it, you know, it's like a Peloton, but for, mm. I think a lot of body weight fitness and things like that, where you're part of a community and you're building, uh, you know, goals through health and fitness and things like that. So that's like a huge topic we didn't even touch on. And mm-hmm. I, I just feel yeah. like that's why I think from an investment standpoint, there's going to be a lot of focus on this home automation, smart home, efficient home, etc. You know, and I think there's going to be a lot of growth here. So I think it's a great place to start looking to invest in. And yeah, that's a good point, man. I love that purchase by the lemon. I know, mirror. It, mm-hmm. it just cha- it changes. You know, for them, you know, now they go from a clothing company to. Um, it still scares me, man, with all the the data collection though. Like I'm not familiar with all the laws and everything mm-hmm. that goes into that stuff but you know any of those companies like whether even alexa still freaks me out yeah. all the time yeah and there's big opportunity there i think when you look at like in google and in amazon and that's some of the fears of how big they are and the data collection i think some of these smaller companies being able to target like for me you know if i'm looking at a home security system i want to know one that's not taking my Mm -hmm. information right so really establishing themselves as like a a company in which like they're really protecting you um Mm -hmm. and making you feel better about like not just the security of your home but the security of your information or your kids information or um i was thinking about like some of the smart refrigerators and i'm like how how far off are we going to be until like amazon has a smart fridge that has John, you're talking about video sensors, but like it can look in there and can tell that you're out of milk, right? And it's mm-hmm. like the milk is yeah. in your cart already, and that's just us. Or it just yeah, shows up, you know what I mean? And and get to a point where yeah. you know, like an idea of some of that stuff and the convenience, you can do seems all that today, great. But when you look at how scary it is, is someone having yeah absolutely all the information well that's yeah to down to what you eat that's kind of a broader topic man couldn't agree more and that's a broader topic too around like convenience versus freedom a little bit like local economy (laughs) yeah like privacy like amazon is so convenient and if you ordered everything for your prime like you would save so much time but like you know what's that doing to like how much does that change your life and does that change it for the better like, are you better for, and COVID is different, right? But back, let's say we're in a new normal. Are you better for going to the grocery store and potentially meeting someone there or you know, seeing something else? I just think, I'm not sure we want to live in a world where the only shopping we're doing is online. Yeah, I mean, I guess the hope would be that that opens you up for a better, different social interaction, but that's not a guarantee. This, this was solid though. So John, I think what's funny is I think for as long as we've talked investments, we haven't really like capitalized 
talking about your industry specific, like we're always hitting each other up about maybe companies that have been bought, but specifically like who to invest in. So I, I appreciated this conversation. I think for me, it was good. You know, as an investor, I think about why not being in the space um, and getting more things to go out and research and add it to my, uh, my knowledge database. Yeah, man. Got a lot of room in there, so. (laughs) Yeah, and I, this is something that I've done vocationally for a while, but still so much to learn. And there's so many new companies, it's hard to keep up, but fun conversation for sure. And just want to say thanks for for any listeners that we have and hope you got something out of it. And interesting to see where the space goes and some of our stock picks as well. Yeah, we definitely would love any feedback. Tell us where we're coming up short. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you want us to cover. Definitely, this is a great conversation for all three of us, but you know, we want to definitely engage with um, people outside of this as well. And we are by no means experts. <laughs> oh, my God.